Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Wait for it. Wait. Just just keep waiting. You're going to have to be patient. Just keep waiting. Trust me, it's going to be worth it. Just just keep waiting. I'm trying not to laugh. Okay, just keep waiting. Okay, come on, come on. Come on, hurry up, okay? Because when you're live on the air, it feels like 10 seconds feels like uh, uh, three minutes when you're sitting there in silence. You just wait. We have to keep waiting. We have to keep waiting. Oh, it's going to happen. It's, it, it's got to happen any second here. Come on, come on. Come on, hurry up. Hurry up. Come on. Come on. Don't make us wait any longer. Oh, there we go. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. It is Tuesday, August the 23rd, 2022. It is now 12 p.m. Central Time. We went live at 11.59 a.m. So I was going to say good morning, but I'm like, really? Let's just wait. Wait until the clock says 12 p.m. It's noontime. It's lunchtime. It's whatever you want to call it. Welcome, everyone. So let's do this correctly, okay? Let's pretend all of that did not happen. Welcome, everyone. It is Tuesday, August the 23rd, 2022. It is currently 12 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studios, located right here in Abilene, Texas. And we are about to, well, go back to Indiana, go back to maybe a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, to a youth conference. And the reason we're going to this youth conference is because, well, the people of the youth conference claim it's the most influential youth conference in the country. It has changed millions and millions of lives. And so if this is the most influential youth conference, we're going back to listen to what was being taught to the youth just a few weeks ago. What what did they feel was the most important thing these young people needed to hear? And the reason we're going back to figure out what was taught is because I started this entire series with asking you a question. What do you feel young people need to be taught? What do you think the church should be making a priority when it comes to teaching the youth? What are the three main things the church should be trying to teach young people? All right. I, I asked the question in so many different ways. A number of you have contacted me to give me your list, and I greatly appreciate that. If I would love to hear your thoughts and perspective. What do you think the church needs to be teaching young people? You can email that to me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, because at some point we will address some of the things people have suggested. But so far, we, we have reviewed one complete sermon, and then in the last episode, we started reviewing, let me state it this way. We reviewed all of session one of the youth conference. And in the last episode, we started reviewing the message that was preached during session two. And what can I say about the sermon that was preached in session two? We, we made it 14 minutes into it. We still got a long ways to go, but how, what can I say? I I'm still somewhat perplexed. <laughs> I'm somewhat dumbfounded by what we heard. It seems, and I think that this is a fair representation of everything we reviewed, and you can go back and listen to the last episode for yourself, 
because we, we don't like to rip anything out of context. When we do these reviews, we review every single word so no one can say we misrepresented anything, okay? And another th- thing we do in our reviews, I don't listen to them uh, first. I don't go say, oh, this is really bad. I'm going to review that. No, we listen to it together in real time, and I react to it in real time so it doesn't come across as rehearsed or, or some big production. It's like, hey, this is a youth conference claiming they're the most influential in the world. Well, then let's go listen to what they said and then talk about it. So that's what we do. But in the last episode, session two of this youth conference that we reviewed, how can I summarize the sermon so far? It basically goes like this. Young people, are there any young people here that feel lonely, that feel discouraged, depressed, like something is missing in your life? You feel empty. Now, of course, you know, when you ask a a room full of teenagers, a lot of them are going to say, yes, I feel that they're going to, they're going to relate to that because the teenage years, you've got emotions going crazy. You got things going on in your body. There are changes. Things are, it is an emotional time. So many times they feel like I feel incomplete and nobody gets me and, and I don't, and I don't feel loved and I feel empty and I feel confused. So already that seems very manipulative, but okay, all right. So the teenagers are probably going to go, I feel that way. Why do I feel that way? And he steps up and says, the reason you feel that way is because you are incomplete. You are empty because you were created that way. You were created to feel that way until you get married. So what you need to be focusing on right now is finding your future mate. You need to be finding that future spouse, your husband or your wife, because that's when you will finally feel complete. Now that seems like an absolutely crazy way to approach young people because typically the parents are like, look, they're already too, too, they're too boy crazy. They're too girl crazy. All they can think about, all they're focused on is finding a girlfriend, finding a boyfriend. It seems to dominate their life. It basically has become an idol. Instead of telling Christian young people, what you need to focus on right now is your spirituality. You have this great opportunity. You can spend more time and focus on the things of God. And you need to figure out who you are, and you need, there's, and there's some things you can do to try to protect yourself, whatever. But no, it was like, you, you see those feelings you have that you don't like? The solution could be in this room. It could be that girl over there for you, boy, and, and, and for that young girl over there. It could be that boy over there. It, it's almost like, now you may need to be preoccupied in finding your, your, future spouse because you're not ever ever really truly going to be happy and content until you do. And I just thought that that was a bizarre thing to do at a youth conference. Hey, you're incomplete. Well, the reason why you're not married. I mean, what are they supposed to do? They're 13, 14, 15. What are they supposed to do? Hey, so I'm going to feel this way until I get married. Yep. Sorry. You're, it's the, that's the way it's designed. You're to feel empty and lonely and incomplete until you get married. But what if I don't get married for another five, six, seven, eight years? Well, you're just going to feel these. It, there was no pointing to being content in Christ, finding your identity in Christ, finding happy and satisfaction and serving Christ. No, it was like, you, this is the way you were made to be. 
And I, I, the more I thought about it, the more I was just so confused. Like, why would this be approach at a youth conference? And not only that, the, uh, the kind of the philosophy is the minute you get married, all of those things go away. And well, there's lots of people who are married who struggle with some of those same things. So there's just so many issues with it. I, I don't want to go back and just kind of rehash what we talked about in the last episode, but I'm... I'm still just baffled by it. I'm still confused by it. Now, I thought I was going to receive lots of emails from people going, no, he was right. But I really, I think a lot of people were just as perplexed and confused as I was. Some people felt that it was extremely manipulative and they were bothered by it. So I, I, all we can do is finish this up. We got 30 minutes left. I backed it up to the 13 minute mark to try to regain some context. Remember, there's no easy way to ease back into these. When we when we review these sermons, it always takes usually two parts, two episodes to complete them, sometimes three, because I, I, I try to analyze them so much. And one of the reasons I do that, just so that you understand, is that when we're reviewing someone's content, there's the whole concept of, well, are, could they claim copyright or could they claim anything like that? Well, the fair use law allows me to use other content as long as I use it for in a nonprofit way. Well, we don't charge anyone for our content, so we, we are good there. That we are, do so for critique, review, and analysis, which we do. But it seems that the key element is it has to be transformative. In other words, when I take that content... But by the time I'm done, it's been transformed into something completely different, something completely other. And I think there's no one can listen to our reviews and say, well, all you did was just play their content. No, I give a lot of analysis critique so that it is transformative. So that's one of the reasons I do break in so much is just to ensure that there can be no accusations of that type of thing here because we're really just trying to keep an, I mean, we're, we're trying to keep an eye on what's going on in the world of Christianity. And how do you really know what's going on in the world of Christianity? Just pay attention to what's going on inside churches and what's being preached. Well, here, I want to know what's going on in the world of youth ministry. This is the supposedly the most influential youth conference. Why wouldn't I pay attention to it, right? So we're going to go to Hammond, Indiana. We're going to go back, <laughs> to session two of this youth conference, where the young people are being told, you were made incomplete. You were made in a way that you're going to feel lonely and empty and not satisfied until you get married. <laughs> Just seems like a, a completely odd way to approach this. But let's see. I think what he said, I think ultimately he's getting ready to transition in to here are the four ways or the five ways or the, I don't know how many ways he's going to get to ensure that when you do find that right person, you have found the right person. Because see, the only way to make all of these bad feelings go away is to get married. However, if you don't marry the right person, then so not only you have to get married to make the bad feelings go away, but you got to make sure you marry the right person or the bad feelings will still be there and you'll destroy your life spiritually. So it's a lot for 14 and 15 year olds to try to process, but okay. Because I mean, so much of it is out of their control. They're, I mean, they're years away possibly from even possibly getting married. So I, it just seems like an odd approach Hey, that what you need to do is worry about something four or five years down the road and not worry about today. But I, I don't know. 
You can have your own thoughts here, but here we go. Let's just jump back in. I, I'm still, I'm still wanting to review uh, what we did last time because I'm still just so perplexed. But I, I guess that Elisa gives you kind of my mindset right now. I guess what I'm trying to tell you is that I'm already very bothered, frustrated. So I could come in very negatively right from the start. And if you didn't listen to the last episode, you wouldn't really understand it. But I'm going to try to take a deep breath. And I'm willing to have my mind changed. Let's listen. Well, I'm fairly good in math. And one plus one is always two, except in marriage. Bible calls it in Ephesians a great mystery. But you know why? It's not bad math. It's because you, when God made you as a young man, he made you incomplete. He's the one that looked down and said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so you're not whole, young ladies. You're not a complete one. And so you're going to battle these feelings of incompleteness as you grow up. And you know what? I want you to know this. As an adult, we understand that. Okay? Your mom and dad understand that. They went through it. Your preacher understands it. Um, God understands it. Hallelujah. He's the one that made us. But I want to tell you somebody else that understands it. The devil understands it. And if he understands from time to time you're going to fight these feelings of incompleteness, something's missing. Preacher, something's missing. No, someone's missing. That to me is the most amazing statement. Pastor, something is missing. No, someone is missing. And you think the next words would be, your relationship with Jesus Christ is missing. God is missing. The word of God is missing. But no, he, so his, this is the answer. The young person comes to the pastor. Something is missing, pastor. I feel incomplete. I feel empty. I feel a lack of, com, uh, you know, contentment. Well, someone is missing. Please tell me who the someone is. Your future spouse. You got to go find Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright, you've got to go find and it just seems like it's an odd way to approach it. It, it, it. it just really does. It really does. Someone's missing. And you know what? God's got that person for you, which brings you to number two. Man, if I can get everybody in this room to believe this, we could win the battle on this thing. Number one, during your teenage years, you will battle against feelings of incompleteness. Number two, God has created someone just for you. God. Okay, now, this is a common message. This is a common message preached within Christianity. God has one specific person created for you, made for you. One person. They're out there. Now you got to go find it, but there's only one right one. There's only one right choice. Any other other choice would ultimately be the wrong choice. So you've got to find the right one. Now, maybe he doesn't go in this direction. So I'm going to leave the sermon there and just kind of go with kind of a message that's kind of preached in Christianity. I was taught this constantly when, when I, because I became a Christian as a teenager, that you've got to find the person God has chosen for you. You don't choose them. You find the one God has chosen for you and you You've got to try to figure this out. It may be a feeling. It may be something. Who knows? It was some, I don't know if I ever figured out the formula. 
But here's what blows my mind. So supposedly God has one person, all right? So always the one person for everyone. I, I know. So someone just said, always the one person for everyone. This is, I, I agree. This is crazy, but this is so common within Christianity. So there's that one person out there, that one person out there. And again, it's not so much about you. I mean, you got to find the one person. Now, you would think you really wouldn't have to find. I mean, if God made one person for you, you think God would bring that one person to you. And it should be like God could somehow make this work. But somehow we can mess it up. We, we can mess this up all the time. We, we, we can blow this up. We can make the wrong choice. And so it's very much a very, how can we say, um, it's a very uncertain situation. You got to figure out how to find the right one, even though God is the one who created the right one. So you think God would bring you the right one. But even if God brings you the right one, you may not recognize it's the right one. And then you may make the wrong choice. And then you're married to the wrong one. But if you're married to the wrong one, you got to stay married to the wrong one. It becomes really convoluted. But I, I just do have to point this out again, depending on the statistics you look at. Somewhere close to 50%. Now, some studies have it higher, some have it lower, but somewhere close to 50% of even Christian marriages blow up. Well, wait a minute. If God brought you the right one and you're the right one for them, so I guess the 50% that fall apart is because the people end up in the wrong one and the 50% that stay together is the right one. So that would seem to indicate that there's about a 50% chance you're going to end up with the wrong one, even though God only has one for you. I, I don't really know how this works, but let's see if how he explains it, because maybe, maybe he's going to go in a different direction. It's just as soon as I hear this, it's all of the messages I heard as a teenager about this, you know, there's one person, God has one person for you, one person, and that's the one you have to find. Any other person other than the one person is the wrong person, and if you end up with the wrong person, then you destroy your life spiritually, pretty much is almost the way it, it kind of goes. So here, let's see, let's see, if, if, if maybe he's going to handle it differently. God has created someone just for you. God has created someone just for you. Now, I know that there is, and let me just say this, the very rare exceptions where God creates some people, I think, to live a celibate life. And I think all of us know those type of people, but we would certainly all agree that that is a small, tiny fraction for most everyone in this. Okay, now, I'm glad he at least mentions this, because earlier on, I mean, he just kind of just basically said, hey, if you're not married, you're going to be unhappy and, and not content and whatever. I'm glad he at least mentions that God creates some people to be, quote unquote, celibate or to be single or to live alone. I've always find it fascinating. That we always say it's a small, 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 small percentage, small, 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 small number. The emphasis of the church is always you need to find the person to marry. Rarely does the church say 
it's almost like the church feels like it needs to be, you know, it has to, to find, you know, that, that people, you almost are forced and pushed that you need to find someone. You need, the church will call, people in the church will say, wait, how old are you? You haven't found someone yet? Like they almost put pressure on the singles. I wonder if it's possible. I mean, since we're going to kind of go this line of reasoning, I wonder if that number of those who are single, I wonder if that number should be much higher. I mean, we, everyone acknowledges the number is small, small, small. I wonder maybe if the number should be higher. He, because remember this whole message, if you listen to the last episode, is, hey, we're losing our young people. Why are we losing our young people? Because they're marrying the wrong person. What if we're losing our young people because they're getting married and maybe they shouldn't be? I mean, is it possible? I mean, how does he know what the percentage is supposed to be? How does he know that? Because everything in church life says, find it. I mean, he already started this sermon by saying, you're unhappy. You're incomplete. You're made that way and you'll never be happy or complete basically until you get married. Well, that's already telling everyone that's what you have to pursue and should pursue. There's very little preaching about, hey, if you don't have to get married. It's perfectly okay not to get married. There's nothing wrong with you if you don't want to get married. Now, there's going to be struggles, but there's struggles even if you are married. I just, I just, I just find it interesting. Hey, hey, guys, just remember that that number is so small that there's a very, I mean, he's almost implying that it's very unlikely that any of you are in that number. But how do you know? Room. When God was creating you within a certain time frame of when he was creating you in your mother's womb, he was also creating someone for you. And that person that he's creating for you is just for you. Look at verse number 18. All right. So while, while you were in the womb being put together, God was doing a work somewhere else and someone else's womb, putting them together, and you are the, you you are only for them, and they are only for you. That's the way it is. Now, I, I, it's so odd. Like, where where is this being derived from? Like, where where is the Bible concept that there's only one person for you? There's only one, and you've got to find them. Again, if God is going through the process of creating the one for you, okay, I'm going to create this one. I'm going to create this one. These two belong together. Then would you not at least think that then God would put the two together? God would do so? And and if that's the way it works, then I, I don't know. It just seems like, is this Bible or is this a, you know, is this a new romance novel? He said, God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. So, so from that concept, I'm going to make a help meet for him that he's making one specific person. And that's the person you have to find. 
That's the person you have to find because there's only one for you. Or is it the concept that the man, there will be a help meet made for him. In other words, he's going to make someone a woman. The, the woman is made to be the help meet to the man. It, it's, is it more just distinguishing the fact of the, of the role, the purpose? Is it, or is it really saying that there's just one, just one out there? You study that phrase there, what it literally means is I will make him a helper uniquely designed for him, a perfect fit for him. Now, God has a plan, and God's created someone just for you. My wife was born in South Dakota, November of 1961. Two months before she was born in August of 1961, I was born in Greencastle, Indiana. Listen, folks, I don't know why we believe God is so specific in everything else, and then this is just happenstance. I mean, his will in every other area is so precise, and yet he just threw a bunch of humans on the planet, a bunch of young people, and said, just mill around and try to figure it out, and whoever you land with will pick up your life from there. I don't believe that God is purposeless. I think the one who created this universe, and it runs on absolute precision, is, is precise enough to make someone for you. Someone for you. Now, you think about that. Here's a young lady, my wife. She's up here in the balcony. I'm so glad she could be here tonight. And I will go ahead and say this out loud. Someone said, what's the best thing you ever got from Hiles Anderson College? Her! Her! And there's not even a close second. I got a diploma somewhere. If you gave me a couple days, I could look through enough boxes and find it. But I know where she is, brother. I know where she is. By the way, I hit the wife lottery. I'm, I'm going to try to teach you how to do that. I mean, the greatest blessing outside of salvation that God's ever brought into my life is that woman right up there. You dust for fingerprints anything that I've ever succeeded at, and you'll find her fingerprints on it somewhere. I mean, we're a team. We're in this together. We are one. It just seems so interesting that this is a youth conference message. These, these kids, depending on the ages of those youth, they're years away from that. Years away. Years away. I mean, and I'm not saying you don't try to help them understand how to navigate this, but it's kind of like, hey, guys, here's the situation. You're unhappy. You're incomplete. But you, but the, there's the one out there that will complete you. There is the one. They're out there. You've got to find them. I just don't know how this helps the young people. It's like, well, my mom, dad, I got to find the right one. I got to find. Like, the, it just seems like that this becomes now their life passion to go find the one instead of, I don't know, growing in the relationship with the one who created them and growing spiritually. I'm not saying that. Obviously, they're still going to desire and care and want to date and, and try to meet. I, I understand all of that. But this is that concept that it just seems like a weird thing to give the young people. It's like he's not even pointing them to God. He's not even pointing them to the gospel. It's like your problem is you're not married. And the reason marriage is going to fix you is because somewhere God has created one person for you and you are created for one person somewhere out there. Now, you would think then, because he's saying God is purposeful, then you wouldn't go looking. Right? 
because God would just bring you together, right? I mean, if you're, if you're saying that this is a whole part of God's sovereign plan, you don't go look. It just happens, right? Is that the way, or are you, do you supposed to look? Like, how, I don't know exactly how it's supposed to work, really. I guess you go to Hiles Anderson, and then I guess that's how it works. By the way, that person for you is worth waiting for. It's worth, he or she is worth waiting for. Right there. I, I would, okay. May, maybe that's too cynical. I would like to, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get myself in trouble here. Should I say this? I just find it interesting that whenever in, in church settings or in Christian conferences, when they tell young people, that person out there that you're waiting for, they, uh, there's one person out there and that's the person you should wait for and it is worth waiting for. And then usually it's the adults like, amen, amen. That's right, young people, wait for the right person. I would, I would, it would be very interesting to know, I mean, honestly, Honestly, like we we pull away all the facade, all of the dressing up the and cleaning up the, the, the tombstone and cleaning up the outside of the cup. I mean, like deep, like we got into the reality. I wonder how many of those adults truly waited for that person and how many did not. How many? found other people, got into a relationship, had physical relations, and thought they were in love, and then, oh, oh, that all blows up, and then they finally find the right person. I wonder how many. Now, maybe it's much more common than I'm giving it to be. Maybe it, maybe it is, but I think there's a lot of, of, of not waiting. And so, but when they were, in, like... I'm not saying we shouldn't wait. I'm not saying that you you should just go do whatever you want. It's just, I just, we create kind of an idea here that I just don't know how it works. It's, it's one thing to just say, that's right, young people. Well, did you truly wait? Well, yeah, I did. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And 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 if all you, ha- so I guess your position here should be, okay, I'm not, I'm not content. I'm not happy. I'm missing something. But that's the way it's supposed to be until I get married. And now I just wait because God made them. I'm assuming God will bring them to me. But when that person shows up, how do you know that's the one? Let, let's see. I mean, let's see if he's going to. I mean, that's the big. I think that's becoming the big question in the sermon. How do I know it's the one? I mean, for Adam, he just woke up and boom, there she was. All right, so God took care of all everything. If you're going to use Genesis 2, not as a descriptive historical narrative, but as a prescription on the way it's supposed to work for us, well, then I guess what you do, you're, fit, you're 16, you're 17, you go to bed one night, you wake up, and boom, she's standing at the foot of your bed, and you're like, oh, you're going to be my wife, and you're going to be my husband. It Obviously, it doesn't work that way. I mean, if you're going to use Genesis 2 as somehow prescribing how it's supposed to work, then just go to sleep, wake up, and there she is. This down, number three, 
In God's time, he will bring that person to you. In God's time, he will bring that person to you. Notice what it says in verse number 22. And the rib which the Lord God had taken for man made he a woman. Listen, folks, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. These phrases that we want to just run past and act as if they don't exist, they teach us a Bible principle. Young people, look right up here. I am tired of investing my life for 18 years as a young person and watch the devil snatch him out using this dirty trick. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. It doesn't have to be. Okay, the devil uses what dirty trick? Did I, did I miss what the dirty trick is? Maybe he's getting ready to explain what the dirty trick is. He is tired of investing 18 years in young people, and then the devil snatches them away. Now, again, sna- can't snatch them away from salvation. So is the devil snatching them away from what? What, what is the devil snatching them away from? Their purpose in life? What, what is the devil doing? And, 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 and I guess the devil, the, 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 the ace up the devil's sleeve is for you to not wait for the right person and you end up marrying the wrong person. It seems that the greatest threat to young people today, I mean, that's really what this sermon is saying, is to marry the wrong person. Hey, you, look, you're unhappy and you're not content because you're not married. But you better be on the lookout because the number one threat Satan is to you is to have you marry the wrong person because that will destroy your life. So I've got to get married to be happy. But if I marry the wrong person, then I've been grabbed by Satan. I mean, if I'm a young person here, I'm at this point, I'm looking for someone to draw a chart going, I need a chart here, guys. Can someone make me a chart? Because I this like, OK, I'm not going to be happy to get married. But whoa, be careful. You got to get the right person. OK, how do I know it's the right person that will bring you the right person? But wait a minute. Somehow in all the midst of this. Satan will play a trick and give me the wrong person. But how do I know if it's the, the, the right person or the wrong person? Does, does the right person have a, a C tattooed on them for, to stand for Christ and the other one has an S? Do I look for the tattoo? Do I look for the mark? What do I look for? Please listen to what I'm saying. The Bible is very purposeful here. It says, and brought her unto the man. Who did? God did. God did. So he's using Genesis 2, not as a descriptive historical narrative, but really prescribing exactly the way it's supposed to. This is the way it is supposed to work. God will bring the person to you. Now, I'm assuming if we're going to go with Genesis, then God brings the woman to the man. He, he doesn't bring the man to the woman, right? Is that the way it's supposed to work? So, so... <laughs> I mean, I, how, how, how far do we take Genesis 2 to say, and again, we're already realizing there's something going on here because the man goes, the man goes, I mean, it, it doesn't work this way. Okay. So someone just said, this is extremely contradictory. It started out the biggest problem is that they, uh, they get with the wrong person, but now God will bring them to you. Yeah, God will bring them to you, but it sounds like what happens. God brings them to you, but maybe right before they get to you, Satan comes running in and go, no, look at this one, and then throws in the counterfeit. So you may not get to the right one. So you got to get past Satan's counterfeit to get to the right one, because obviously somehow God can't get the right one to you. 
So that seems to be kind of the, the scenario he's created. God created them. He's like, okay, okay, okay. It's time. I got to bring her to you. Okay. All right, here we go. She lives wherever and you live wherever. Okay. We got to bring them together. Right? So their family's going to move and they move right next door and you're about to meet her. And all of a sudden, boom, come walking up to your door is the counterfeit. And then you buy into the counterfeit and you never get the right girl. Oh man, cue up the, the wrong, the, the romantic comedy, you know, sad music here, you know, cue up the Hallmark, you know, movie channel music because, oh man, it's, they were so close. She was right there. She was right there. He got the wrong one. You were meant for him. Why did you go? Okay. All right. You get the idea. I mean, that's almost a scenario he's creating. He's taking Genesis 2 He's not, he's take, taking it from a descriptive historical narrative. He's now turned it into prescriptive and he's now telling the young people. So let's make sure we follow the logic here. You're never going to be happy. You're never going to be complete until you get married. All right. Now here's the situation. God has made someone for you. Okay. Ooh, that's good to know because I'm tired of being unhappy and he will bring them to you. All right. That's good news. But Satan will snatch you away. If you're not careful, Satan is going to give you the wrong one. So right, so right when you get ready to get the right one, the wrong one is at least going to be introduced to you and you got to get past the wrong one to get to the right one. So let me tell you what did not happen. Look in the Bible, double check. I'm going to make sure the preacher's sticking to the word of God. How many ribs did he take out? How many women did he make? Did he take five ribs? Make five women. Say, hey, why don't you just date around whichever one you like? By the way, I'm glad he didn't take five ribs. Most of us need all our ribs to kind of hold them. what we're trying to hold in here. See, he's taking it and making it. He's turned this into, hey, how many, how many ribs did, how many ribs did he take? One. How many women did he make? One. So there was only one woman for you. And you don't have to date. You, you shouldn't date around to find it. This is almost going again with the idea Probably of like the kissing, dating, goodbye concept. Don't date, do courting. So, and I guess maybe you'll let your parents choose. I don't know how this all works. I mean, I'm trying to follow. He's taking this historical narrative and saying, this is the way it's supposed to work. Don't wander around looking at all the other women. Wait for the one to show up. Because that's how it worked for Adam. Well, I, I, I don't know if you realize this. Adam was kind of in a unique situation. There was only one man on earth and there was only going to be one woman on earth. And then the two are going to come together and I don't know, produce children. Like, I, I, I think I, I think we kind of but no, no, no. We're going to take this very unique historical situation and go, this is the way it should work in your life. You know, so. Come on. One. Man, I, 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 I honestly, if it would help, would get on my knees and beg you to listen to me right now. Amen. This is not happenstance. Okay? In God's time, God will bring that person to you. Now, this then requires something from us. We have to be willing to trust God in this area of our life. And young people, this entire issue is about trust. I mean, why, come on, young ladies, let me talk to just a handful of you. Why, why are you so boy crazy? 
Why do you spend all your time chasing boys and chasing boys? And I mean, tripping all over yourself, just trying to get everybody's attention. Maybe because you started your sermon by telling them the reason you're unhappy, the reason you don't feel complete, the reason you're not content is because you're made that way. And the only thing that's going to make that go away is not the gospel, is not Christ, it's someone. You literally said that. You gave the illustration where the person says, Pastor, I feel empty and I feel, you know, incomplete. And then the pastor supposedly says, because you're missing someone, not Christ, you're missing your spouse. You're missing the boy or the girl. So why wouldn't that make you boy or girl crazy? But now he's saying you shouldn't be girl crazy. You shouldn't be boy crazy. (laughs) I don't understand. Oh, man. Okay, all right. I'm I'm trying to follow the logic of this. I really am. I'm trying to understand it. I really am. Now, obviously, the, the person who's currently listening, who I think have, has been through pro- uh, mo- listening to most of these programs, I think they feel somewhat similar to how I feel. Others have felt that it's very manipulative. So, so far, most of the people who have communicated with me in regards to this hasn't tried to defend it. I know there's people out there listening going, no, he's right. I just, I, look, first of all, I don't understand how you take Genesis 2 and make it prescriptive for what we're supposed to do. I think there's some major issues with that. That's that whole thing. Is it descriptive or prescriptive? There's major hermeneutical issues going on here. But it's so just contradictory. You're made, you're made incomplete. The only thing that will complete you is not Christ. It's not the gospel, it's someone. That someone is made by God for you. There's only one, there's only one, but God will bring that person to you. But somewhere in the midst of bringing that to you, Satan is going to try to snatch you away by offering you something that's not the one for you. Now, he's saying, girls, why are you being boy crazy? Why? You're stumbling all over yourself? You you don't think, oh, well, I'm assuming he's going to talk to the boys about being girl crazy. I mean, it has to be, okay? Has to be. I, I mean, tr- they're at a youth conference. The boys and the girls have already been checking each other out the whole time. Okay, but all right. All right, that's, we'll, we'll just see how, how what he's going to tell. I guess what he's going to tell now is, hey, I know you're unhappy and you're incomplete, and I know that the only thing that's going to fix you is a boy or a girl, but don't be boy crazy. You just trust that at the right time, God's going to bring the right one to you. Chasing, chase. You know what? Let me tell you why. I'm not mad at you. Let me tell you why. Because you think you have to do it. You don't trust him. You don't believe what I'm saying enough just to trust God and say, God's got this figured out. Listen, your teenage years should not be about pursuit. It should be about preparation. And it's real easy to switch over to that, Brother Joe, once we really trust the Lord, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Amen. Lean not to thine own understanding. Preach, I'm not sure I understand this. If you always understand, listen, if you understood it, you wouldn't have to trust. Trust is only necessary when you don't understand. Amen. Or preacher, I don't know and I can't see it. And what if I miss it? Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Come on. God formed you in your mother's womb. Jeremiah chapter 1, King James Holy Bible. If he formed Jeremiah for specific purposes, then he formed you for specific purposes and for a specific person. All right, so he made you for a purpose and a person. 
You just trust. So you don't go looking for it. You don't go seeking it. You just go about your life. Now, does the person just walk up and go, I have been sent by God. I am the person. Well, I looked at you and I knew that you were the person. We don't need to date. Let's go get married today. Or do you do you ask them out? Do you do you get to know them? I mean, do, I mean, is it not possible? I mean, like, <laughs> I I just this is creating a really odd. Like, I, I, if I was a young person here, I'm like, okay, some of it would probably sound pretty awesome, right? Okay, there's one person out there, and I'd be if I was in that youth conference, I'd be looking around. Oh, I think it's her. I think it's right there. That's the one. That's the one. And I'd be telling you right there. I, okay. Well, stop preaching. I found the, I'd be raising my hand. Hey, hey, stop preaching. I found the one. She's three, three pews up right there. Look at her. Look, that's the one. Hey, you're the one. God's brought me to you. He's brought, right. Okay. I know you're saying that's, that, that's ridiculous. Okay. Maybe it is, but I'm just saying like, so, so don't go dating around. Like, how do you know? But you gotta, you gotta buy into it. Now, once you do it, just cause. Watch this. You can just kind of relax. <sighs> this whole teenage romance roller coaster, one dead end relationship after another. Right. You know, why, why don't you just stop buying tickets to that roller coaster? Why don't you just get off of it? Amen. Listen. Why don't you focus on relationships that you know now are sanctioned by God and are timely in your life as a teenager? How about your relationship with the Lord? But the relationship, but the relationship with the Lord, according to your own teaching, you're still going to feel incomplete and lonely because the only thing, the thing that's missing in your life is someone. And you didn't tell them that it was God. You told them that it's this person out there that you've got to find. Now you're telling them, hey, don't worry about finding the person. So now you're telling them to focus on the relationship with God. Are you telling me that if they focus on the relationship with God, they'll feel some sense of being complete and content? Because you've. Come on, how, much, how about your relationship with your parents? How about your relationship with your spiritual leaders? I mean, if we made that the focus in our teenage years and took this other thing, and let me have you look in verse number 21. And the Lord caused a what? Deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he. Slept. And he slept. Young lady, young man, listen to me. Some of you need to go to sleep in this area of your life. Man, he's making this text like a step-by-step prescription of exactly what you are doing. I was making a joke that maybe you just go to sleep and wake up and there she is at the foot of the bed. Maybe I was making a joke and now he's kind of like, hey, just go to sleep in this area. Just just don't worry about it. Now, there may be a little bit of truth to this, but you've already set it up that the people, they're already incomplete until they find the someone. Now you're telling them not to worry about finding the someone. You need to go to sleep. I, I mean, you need to come up here to the altar. I mean... You know, good night, you're 14. 
Are you shopping? You're going to get married the next year? Come on, Mr. Casanova, ever since you've got here. Your entire focus has been how many phone numbers you can get from some airhead girls that are dumb enough to give them to you. Man. You know what you're... Man, that's... So let's let's embarrass and humiliate some teenagers. Now he's 14, according to you, he feels empty and incomplete, and the only way to to make that go away is to find someone. Now I don't know about you, isn't that kind of what he's that desire to meet the girls and talk to the girls? And why is the girl an airhead and dumb enough because she gave him the number? I like uh, why? I mean. Like, how, how, how can you say that? How can you attack them and humiliate them? All right. Listen, you know what your problem is? Trust. I got to make this happen. I'm going to take control of this decision. So you spend your entire teenage years focused on a bunch of dead-end relationships. And by the way, I've never seen someone, a girl that's boy crazy or a boy that's girl crazy in those years that had a good relationship with their mom and dad right. and a close walk with the Lord. Yeah. If I'm wrong, help me out, brother. Amen. 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 I think the devil's distracting you. Amen. If you really believe it, then you know what? You can just kind of take a breath say, you know what? Watch this. If God has made someone so special that, that he made him just for me and we're going to be a perfect fit, when they come into my life, I want to be prepared for that relationship. So as a teenager, what I want to do is spend my life preparing for that moment so that I'll be the best husband for that woman that God made for me. But so they can't show up until you're 17 or 18? They can't show up until you're 19 or 20. Is there an age? Like, like, thus saith the Lord, the perfect one will not show up until you're 23. Could not the 14-year-old meet the other 14-year-old girl? Start becoming friends? Now, as long as they don't do anything inappropriate, don't do anything wrong. Like, I, I, I'm not quite understanding that. I'm not really able to figure out exactly what the rules are to this game. Okay, good. Okay, okay. someone just brought up a good point. I just don't understand how he's telling them to tell the difference between me trusting God and me taking over. Like, like I guess, I like, exactly. So I trust God. So what? So don't ask for a girl's phone number because that, now I'm trying to do it. Don't ask for a girl's phone number. Okay, can I ask her out for a date? And hey, hey, don't be an airhead dumb girl and give out the phone number. Or is it only because they're 14? What happens when they're 16, 17? Hey, so maybe, maybe when you're 18, you can ask for the girl's number. Is that you taking over? And like, I really don't understand exactly what's going on here. I don't really understand exactly what the rules are here. 
Is this is this a repackaged I kiss dating goodbye? So like I I don't know exactly how the, do we have to bring the family along? Do we have do we do we have the family listen to the phone call? Do, do they does the daughter come to the father and the father ex, decides if the if the if she's good enough for the son? I mean like how does this work here? Okay, so young men start preparing. You start setting down. Come on, it's time to grow up. See, you sit down with dad and say, Dad, what's it take to pay the bills in this household? All right, some of you need to experience something that some of you 16, 17 never have experienced. It's called a J-O-B. You might want to experience that. All right, so, so young people have come to a conference to be told something along these lines. I'm trying to summarize the bullet points. Someone could write out the bullet points for me. You're unhappy. You're incomplete. You're missing something. That thing you're missing isn't God. It's missing someone. That is, that is a girlfriend. A boy, or that's a spouse. That's a husband or a wife. So that's what you need to complete yourself. However, 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 God's only made one. However, you got to, so you got to wait for the one, but Satan could bring you a counterfeit. He didn't really go much into how that all works. Now, what you need to do is not try to find the right one. You just need to trust God. And while you're trusting God, you need to get a job. <laughs> and, and if you're the boy asking the girls for the number, you think you're Casanova and you're basically, you're a joke. And if the girls give you the number, so if the boy asks for the number, he's Casanova. If the girls give the number, they're airheaded and dumb. <laughs> I'm, 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 I am really trying to follow this. I really, 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 we're going to have to, we're going to have to see if we can get this close to the finish line. I don't think we're going to be able to, because this is going to take forever. But this, I am literally trying to follow the logic here. And he's used Genesis 2 as somehow like, step-by-step courtship dating manual. I don't think that's why Genesis 2 was written. I don't think it was. I, I, I don't know. Son, you can't get married till you make marrying money. McDonald's ain't marrying money. Uh, all right, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna tiptoe into this area and tiptoe back out. All right. So so you don't even look and you don't ask for the number until you're making a certain num amount of money, right? So so it seems like he's saying don't ask for the number, don't look. You go get that job, and then when you get a marrying job where you can make enough money, then you ask the girl, then you look. But what if what if you missed her? Oh, no, no, don't worry about it. God will bring her back around. Bring her back around. I wonder how many of all those adults going, amen, amen. Like, I don't know, like they're almost like, you know, that's right, son, you're going to get a job. Uh, like, I don't know all that nonsense going on there. Okay, it just seems like you're really trying to humiliate the kids. But I, I wonder how many of them, like if you really, if we went back and we had the videotape of all of those men going, amen, I wonder when they met their wife when they started dating did they have the marrying job kind of money oh, you know because you know you're working at mcdonald's that's an embarrassment you know i i, I just don't understand I'm, I'm i'm just i'm really trying i'm really trying to understand this
Okay. All right, we got to keep going. Oh, man. Uh, these, these reviews take so long. All right, just so, you know, I'm just tiptoeing, all right? Come on, preachers. Come on, youth pastors. Why do we say this is the most important thing and then we don't spend any time helping our young people get ready for the second most important thing in their life? I mean, you don't know how to pay bills. You don't know how to save. You don't never earned a dollar. And, oh, but you don't understand. I'm going to be an NBA star. We got our, yeah, and by the way, I'm, I'm all for sports. All right, you know what? As long as you remember it's a game. They call it a game. Hey, we're going to practice for tomorrow night's game. All right? It's a game. There's some things you can learn from sports, but listen to me. This whole idea that playing volleyball and playing basketball is preparing you for marriage. Okay, let me act this out. All right? So, you finally meet the one. Woo! Fireworks. And all of a sudden, it's... And then you set the date, and you get married, and you do the honeymoon, whoa, and then you come back. And uh, you get that new first house or apartment. And that young man's going to get up the next morning bright and early, and he's going to go sit down at the breakfast table. He's going to have a fork and a spoon. He's going to be sitting there. And the young lady's going to come walking in. What do you want? Breakfast. I want breakfast. 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 Come on, gentlemen, what are you going to want? Uh, let's get specific on this. Come on, what do you want? What in the world is going on? I don't even know what the mess, I don't even know what these sermons are. I, I really don't. This is some wandering, I, I don't, I don't really understand. Like, this is what young people need in 2022. The most influential youth conference is really, I don't, I, I, I guess now we're just going to make fun of young people who are going to get married and think that when they, after the honeymoon and they sit down at the breakfast table, they don't understand that it requires a woman who knows how to cook or a man who, uh, who can get a job. I, I, I man, I, I am so confused by this. Bacon, bacon and eggs. What's that? Young people don't fall for that kind of game. I can't stand that nonsense. When you throw something out there and you try to get everyone yelling, everybody just jumps in. I just sit there and ignore all of that. Just, okay. All right, but all right, whatever. Okay, but all right. I, I what? <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. I'm so trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. I really am. I just, I guess maybe if it wasn't a youth conference, it would just be like, okay, whatever. But this is a youth conference where they claim to be the most influential. What is the young people? I don't understand what I'm supposed to do with this sermon. I'm trying to imagine if I was there at 15 or 16 or, or you know, what would I, what would I take away from this? I, I don't know if I would even know what to do with this. I don't even know what that is. Chorizo? Chorizo? (laughs) 
<laughs> someone, someone just asked, what are we listening to? Uh, the most influential youth conference, I guess, in the history of the world from Indiana. That's, that's, that's what we're listening to. Biscuits and gravy. Biscuits and gravy. And you young ladies going to go. Hold on. And you're going to run in your bedroom. You could go through the closet. You're going to bring your volleyball out. And you're going to go. Why the attack on sports? So if a girl plays volleyball, she's too dumb to make biscuits and gravy. I'm not understanding this. You you do know that those sports could get them a full scholarship to a, a good university. You do know some may play sports and then go on maybe to become a coach or they may uh, get into sports and decide maybe physical therapy or do something like an athletic trainer or maybe some actually go on to play professional sports at some level and be very successful. Like I I don't understand uh, what does this have to do? So I guess what he's now saying is, hey, just make sure. You throw away any crazy dreams that seem impossible. Don't pursue that because you need to be more realistic because you, I, I, I guess, I don't really know. And he's going to go, that's good. <laughs> Biscuits and gravy. You guys having a good time? You're about not to. She's going to go over to the pantry and she's going to open it up and say, groceries, groceries, money for groceries. And you're going to sit there going, hold on. And you're going to run with the same closet and you're going to get your basketball. You're going to come out. And she's going to point in the J-O-B, job, groceries. Now, I'm trying to help you. I, I, I want you to have fun. Some of you have way too much fun. You think teenage years is some big party. Think at 18, some switch is going to flip, and you're going to show up to Bible college, and you're going to be able to hold down a job and balance a checkbook, and you're not getting ready. You're not getting ready for what is the second most important relationship you're ever going to have in your life. Now, why in the world should God send you a tremendous young lady if you're not ready for one? I think someone else is listening. Uh, I, I, I do appreciate the comments on this because this is this is making it hard for me. Someone says you can't chase boys, you can't even date, you can't play sports. Just wait until you meet the person who immediately makes you feel complete and elope. And you better know how to cook. <laughs> okay, that's that's good. And it's, the same person said, "I'm so frustrated with this." Yeah, I, I'm just literally sitting here going, 
this is supposed to be the message. Remember, this all started because a famous preacher grabbed him by the elbow going, we're losing our young people because they're marrying the wrong person. Fix it. And he's like, I'm going to fix it tonight. He's going to fix the problem that people are marrying the wrong person. And if you try to put bullet statements of what we've gotten here, I don't think anyone here knows a clue in how to find the right person. I don't think anyone knows a clue how to determine if it's a Satan counterfeit or it's God. I don't know. You're not supposed to do anything. You're not supposed to ask for numbers. You're not supposed to. I don't know. I, I don't know really what you're supposed to do. Except, wait, I, you need to learn how to cook and you need to get a job and don't play sports for crying out loud and stop having so much fun. I mean, for crying out loud, you're a teenager. You need to take on some responsibility and learn some life skills. Okay. <laughs> this, okay. Think about it. God's created someone special just for you. In God's time, he will bring that person to you. I'm going to tell you what I believe, and you talk to your pastor and your parents, and hey, whatever they say, go with it. I'm going to tell you something. I just discouraged this whole teenage dating thing. I, it's nothing but a bunch of waste of time. And it ends in tragedy more times than not. This is kissing dating goodbye. This is kissing dating goodbye. Who, the author of the book, renounced it, and, and, and it's been criticized for the whole purity culture, and, and a lot of people said it, all the great damage it has done in their lives. It destroyed their lives. This is a repackaged version of I Kiss Dating. Stop dating! <laughs> but, but when the right person, so when the right person shows up, can I date them? Or just no dating? Just, you're sitting there, you're the right person. She looks at you. You're the right person. And as someone said, let's go. Let's go to Vegas, baby. Let's go. We got to get married. No, no, no. That would be incorrect. So do you have a, do you, do you date during the, or do you just go from meet to engagement? And then can you date when you're engaged? But can engagements be broken off? I, I'm, I'm, I don't really know exactly how any of this is supposed to work. Okay, God's, God's going to bring the person to you. Oh, man, and the, and, the, and the adults in the background going, yep, 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 Iron Man, yep. I mean, it's like, just stop for crying out loud. Let the teenagers at least try to process it. It, it just feels like adults like, yeah, I've been trying to tell you this dating stuff ain't going to work. Just stop, man. Just just stop with all the amening and yelling and just let, the, if you believe the message is true, just let the kids process it, Right. It's not like you're trying. It's always the men. Like they're trying to make some, you hear that? Yep. I told you. Yep. You know, like, it's like, just stop. Just stop. Just stop. Let the kids process it. If you believe this all to be true. I'm curious how the teenagers are even in this church or even processing this. I wish I would have been standing outside when the teenagers came out going, Hey, can I talk to you guys? Can you summarize what you just learned? What was that? Okay. In his time. So focus on what's important. Focus on developing your character, your work ethic. Come on. Well, I mean, have a strong relationship with the Lord. Young man, instead of chasing girls, get on a bus and chase down some bus kids and fill a bus up. Go to your pastor and say, I want to be your soul winning partner. I need to learn these things. 
Sit down with your dad. Teach me how to budget. Teach me how to pay the bills. Teach me how to listen. Are we serious about this? Oh, but Brother Ross, you don't understand all of this dating and breaking up and relationship breaking up, you know, dating and all this. That, that's relationship practice. No, that's divorce practice. This is literally kissing dating goodbye. That's uh, literally just now it's the book we do not mention because the person renounced their faith and walked away from Christianity, but it's just the same message repackaged in, in, in the same thing. So d- dating is divorce practice. If you don't date, you don't get divorced. So you said so you replace dating with, I, I, he hasn't yet told me what we replace it with other than you focus on God, but he's already said that focusing, that what you're missing isn't God. You're missing the person because uh, he never has yet said God will complete you. God will make you feel, give you contentment. God will take away the, no, you're going to have those feelings until you find the person, but you can't go look for the person, but you need to focus on God and, and not ha- stop having so much fun and don't play sports and uh, start just learning how to do everything to be an adult while you're a teenager. The teenage years should not be about pursuit, but, by prepara- but, but about preparation and purity. Now, let me give you the next one, number four. The devil will bring a counterfeit into your life before God brings his perfect choice. I told you, I told you. Ding, 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 ding. I told you. See, I, I knew that's where he was going. It... Before the right choice shows up, the wrong choice will enter. When I was kind of making fun of this concept a little bit, acting like you know a, ro- a romantic comedy, it, that's how I did. There, there's the right one. She's on her way. She's coming down the street, and boom! Before she gets there, the wrong one shows up. So that means for every single person, every young person, the wrong one will show up. Before the right one. And it's a satanic plot. I talked about going to sleep. But you know what the devil's going to do? He's going to try to wake you up. Yeah, he's going to try to wake you up. He's going to bring things into your life to try to feed on that feeling of incompleteness. You know, there's a lot of reasons not to listen to the wrong kind of music. But some of you, the reason that you listen to what you listen to is... You are constantly stirring up those feelings and those emotions, and you're just making yourself a a target for the devil to bring the wrong kind of person into your life. Wrong music leads to the wrong person. So no sports, no dating, stop having so much fun. Don't listen to the wrong music. All from Genesis 2. Young ladies, again, let me just help you personally for just a minute. We've helped a lot of young ladies in our life, me and my wife. And You know, if you're coming from a home that's a less than ideal situation, maybe you don't have a dad or he's kind of absentee, and a lot of the love that you ought to be naturally getting from your mom and your dad and it's not happening in your life, you're going to have to be extra careful. Extra careful. Young lady's name was Stephanie. She reached our bus ministry and then... 
I get so tired of that concept that if the if the girls doesn't get the right kind of love from her parents, so she'll seek it from a guy. You don't think guys who grow, grow up in broken homes don't seek the same kind of thing? Talk to some guys who've been abused or neglected or parents abandoned or you're tied up in a closet and burned with curling iron. Let me, let me, I can tell you stories, okay? Like the same concept can happen to both. But at the same time, even if you get the right love in your family, you've already said that that's not going to make you complete because you're already made incomplete until you find that guy or find that girl. So I, I don't know why, I'm so confused about exactly what, how this is supposed to work. But I want to know more about the satanic counterfeit. She eventually came to our Christian school and her dad was out of the picture. Her mom was a, you know, came to the church, but when, you know, wasn't stable in her Christian life. So she listens to, by the way, she bought, she, she got to stay in the cash. So she got the seven royal laws of courtship and on her own, without parents making her decided this is important enough. I'm going to implement these principles into my life. You know what she did? She came out of the public school came into our Christian school. I'm turning that completely off. I'm putting that in God's hands. Okay, I guess don't go to public school either. So I gotta, I'm trying to keep up with all the rules. Don't listen to the wrong music. Don't play sports. Don't have fun. Focus on being prepared to be an adult. Uh, see, don't date. Uh, and uh, I guess don't go to a public school. I, I'm, I'm, I need a new notebook. Graduated from high school, came to me and my wife and sat down. Oh, I hope some of you are listening. I'm sa- I can save some of your lives right now. I can save some of your lives right now. Listen to me. I can never save anyone's life. I never can, never will, because I'm a broken sinner. All I can do is give you hopefully the truth from God's word. The fact that he thinks he can save people's lives because of a message that he's taken that is an absolute abuse of Genesis 2 um, is a little bit disturbing. She came and sat down, little tears running down her face, sweet little girl. She said, I'm getting ready to go off to Bible college. I know even at Bible college I could make the wrong decision. I'm just not confident enough in this area of my life. Preacher, would you mean, you and Mrs. Ross just kind of went... If a young man starts showing interest, i got to point him to someone. I love my dad. I love my mom, but I, they don't know. Would you help me? So if the guy shows interest, you tell the guy you have to go meet these people. And then they get to determine if they're the right. So the way you find the right one is through a interview process i get is that how it works so like all right you're a girl guy shows interest i'm sorry i'm sorry you uh, i'll set up a meeting and then you're somewhere else the, the guy meets with the people and then they get to determine if the guy is the right one so the way the right one is determined is through a filtering process through and <laughs> what if the i that is some man why don't we just go with arranged marriages at this point and you know what God did? God brought a young man into her life. And you know what the first thing he had to do? By the way, that guy that's asking for your phone number, give him your daddy's phone number. No, just, you know, come on. You can, you can turn the charm on on this smile. Oh, you want my phone? Okay, here. This dude's going to call. Hey, baby. What do you want? So, 
you know what this young man did? He went and talked to her and said, I'd really like to maybe you to go out on a date with me. Here's my pastor's number, would you call him? And, and then once he calls me, I'll talk to you about this again. Oh, I'm not going to, I know, I know. You know, nobody's going to tell you. Come on, you're the smartest person in any room. You forgot more than your mom and dad know. No, the honest truth is, young lady, you can be so easily manipulated, emotionally manipulated, that it's... (laughs) Girls are so easy. Look, I I get, man. I do, I, man. I do not like that idea, trying to act like the women are so weak and easily manipulated. The the evil man can so easily manipulate the weak woman. Yeah, women can never manipulate a man. Never happened one time. Men are so strong. We're so above emotional manipulation that a woman can't manipulate the man. It's always the man manipulating the woman. We're all sinners. We do a lot of manipulating not only of each other, but of manipulating our own selves. Just, oh, the, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> someone just said they're done. No, you can't be done. You can't leave. If I'm here, you can't leave. Okay, what is that? Someone just said the irony is uh, who who is manipulating them? Yeah, he's manipulating the kids in, a, in so many ways. But you can't be done. You can't. You can't be done. You gotta. You gotta stick this out. This is the most influential youth conference. This is what young people need in 2022. You can't just quit listening. We gotta finish this. We only have about five, five minutes left. Here we go. That everybody can see it, but you. And you need to knock that pride down. Excuse me, it wasn't Adam that was deceived in the garden, it was Eve. Oh, I I didn't realize that uh, Adam didn't eat the fruit. Now, I agree. She was deceived. I agree. There's no question about it. But Adam went along with it. So how did Adam go along with it? Why did Adam go along with it? Why? If it wasn't deception, what was it? What was it? What was it? That's okay to say. Come on, man. I need to see some amens. The air should have left the room. You shouldn't have had to look at your wife to see if you could say amen right there. There are certain things that men are more susceptible to. And you know, it's amazing how God gifts our wife to guard us in those areas. And there are certain things that women are more susceptible to. Make them bad and us good or vice versa. It's just King James Holy Bible. Okay? So we can say it out loud. And if we don't say it out loud, you're not going to believe it. But young man, you know what? You can be manipulated too. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad. It's just I guess women are more easily manipulated. But Okay, whatever. I've watched a lot of young men, strong young men, dedicated young men. I thought, man, they're going to do great things for God. Watch this. They followed a mini skirt or a tight pair of blue jeans right out of the will of God. Say, where are those preachers at? Just so that you know, 
The woman doesn't need to have a mini skirt or a tight pair of blue jeans on. Doesn't it doesn't usually require that. They could probably be f- dressed in full Islamic dress and it probably wouldn't matter, but that's that's a whole different story that we could discuss, but okay, all right. Well, I ain't preaching now. No matter what God's plan was, they'll never get back on track from that. Hey, aren't you glad, Brother Joe, that growing up we could make some kind of dumb mistakes and decisions and, you know, we look back and go, oh, my goodness. That's why David said, forgive me the sins of my youth, you know, stupid stuff. And we can recover from them and learn from them. But you get this wrong. Come on. How many times have you sat in your office trying to help a young man, a young woman, a young couple, and in the back of your mind you know you can't say it, but you're saying, you know why? These people are going to eternally have marriage problems because they didn't believe that book. By the way, whoever you're married to, you're married to till death do you part. Don't give you an out. But young people, you're not married. You've got your whole life ahead of you. You can get this right. I mean, you know what? I don't even know how to describe it. There's no words for me to describe what a wonderful relationship it is when it is right. Brother, I love serving God, but you know what I love more than serving God? Going home at the end of the day from serving God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Serving God with her. Amen. Now, young ladies, again, here, I'm going to throw a lifeline out. And listen to it. Look right up here. And I struggled with not to preach this, Brother Works. I struggled. And God wouldn't let me get away from it. There are young ladies. Oh, there's the there's the go-to ace up the sleeve the preacher can always drop. God wouldn't let me away from this message. This is the message God wanted me to give. So you can't call into question his message. Oh, I'm so sick of that being used in the church. No, you came up with the message in your own study and your own absolute destruction of Genesis 2 and not understanding the difference between a descriptive historical narrative and prescribing, I guess, a dating manual. It's just a what in the world. No, you put this together. Don't blame God. Sitting right here. That because of the technology, because of the phone or the device you have, you are involved in a secret relationship with a guy, and your mom and dad doesn't even know about it. And I don't mean one or two or three of you. And you are this close to ruining your life. And you're feeling so much you can't even think straight. But if you'll stop and listen just for a minute to that still small voice, the Holy Spirit is screaming, He's right! You are this close. Slip it out of your window one night, and you know what? There's some things once you break, you can't put back together. R.G. Lee says you can't put an egg back together once you step on it. So you're going to sneak out your window... And you're going to end up sleeping with someone, and then you're basically damaged goods. And I guess at that point, you're never, I guess he's almost implying you'll never have a, a, a happy marriage. You're never going to be able to be used by God. So every person, I guess, who had relations before marriage can never be used by God. I guess all the people saying amen in there, they never had relations before they got married. I mean, that's the implication of where uh, if you follow everything he has said, I'm not saying that that's what he may, means to say, but that's the, what's being implied. Doesn't mean that people that's made mistakes and bad choices, God can't pick them up, clean them up, and 
get them on a good path, but I'm going to tell you something. By the way, I'm going to tell you this. The Lord's second best will is still 10,000 times than the devil's best. All right, so God could pick you up, but it sounds like you could end up with God's second will, not his first will. God's second will, first will. I just want to make sure we understand. It's amazing how God could use David to write inspired scripture who was a murderer and an adulterer. It's amazing that God could use Solomon to build the temple and write inspired scripture who was a serial adulterer, polygamist, and becomes an idolater. But what do I know? But young people, you're there. You're sitting there. You don't have to settle for that. Man, do it right. There's some of you young men. You are in a relationship with a girl right now, and everything that I'm saying is 100% hitting you right in the heart and down deep in your heart. Yeah, you're Twitter-pated, but if you just stepped away from your emotions and took a hard look at that situation, that relationship, you know you know that's going to take you out of God's will. It sounds like what he's saying, and I would assume he would go with this philosophy, that the young people, obviously, every relationship they have on their phone, every friend they text, every they must reveal that all to their parents. So the parents must know, I'm texting these three people, I'm texting these four people, these two people, it's a... Uh, it's, a, it's kind of just a, a distant relationship, and these two people I have feelings for. Whatever the case may be, I guess that's another, another part of the rules that have to go down here. Might not be the right person. Watch this. Might not be the right time. Well, here's the question. Can you trust the Lord with it? Amen. I mean, that's really the question. Can I believe that God loved me enough? Oh, don't we all have the same heart on this? There's no time to do it. But I promise you, with all of my heart, I would love to be able to block off, you know, the next 60 hours and have a room and have one kid at a time walk in there and sit down with me and my wife and look them in the eye and just take a minute or two and try to convince them how much God loves them Amen. and how important they are and what an incredible plan he has for them. And you need to hear that. No, I'm not talking about the... God has this amazing plan. It's so amazing. And you can mess it up in one night. You can destroy it in one night. The sovereign God who works all things according to his good pleasure and will, that entire plan. I got. I don't want to break one of my pencils, but I almost want to break it in half. You can just snap it right into and throw it in the trash. So you hold the plan of God in your hand and you can throw it in the trash whenever you want. And once you do, you may have to settle for second best. That's a lot of power. Other girls in your group, I'm talking about you. The one the devil has convinced that God doesn't love. He loves you. And he has a great life planned for you. And the devil hates it. He has a great plan for you, a great life for you. Oh, you could be diagnosed with terminal cancer when you're 14 and suffer for four years and then die, but he's got a great plan for your life. You could get hit by a drunk driver and be paralyzed. And so, yeah, he's got a great plan for your life. Like, I always, I always get so 
frustrated with sometimes like he's got a good life for you. Oh yeah. And wait, what happens to the 15 year old girl who's kidnapped and murdered? He's got a good plan for your life. Like I, I, do we ever think all of the ramifications of what we're saying through? And so he's going to send the wrong kind of guy. Come on guys. He's going to send the wrong kind of girl. I got to say this in this day and age. Sometimes he's going to try to confuse you, consider even, come on, girls on girls, guys on guys. I'm not going far down that road. Listen, the devil will do anything he can to try to get you and keep you from, from fulfilling this incredible purpose. Incredible. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Yeah, guess what? So you're saved. You're preserved. You're sanctified, you're called, you're indwelt by the Spirit of God, but out there is God's choice, Satan's choice, you've got to get the right choice, and at any point, you can destroy God's perfect plan and the great life he has for you by messing it up. Well, there was that day when God came along, and you know what he did? He kicked Adam, wake up, son, huh? Wake up. Time to wake up. And Adam stood up. Here is God's gift. Forever gift. So, you know what? 15 years of age, Jerry Ross takes his way to an altar. I'm done with this. This is stupid. The whole guy, girl. You know what? Either God's God and he's got this figured out or what am I doing? That's going to be set over here. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to focus on God's will, God's plan the right relationships. And and you know what, young men, if you will figure out where God's will is and you'll just head down that road, somewhere along that road, there's going to be a delightful collision. And guess what? Who knew that there was a young lady at a church camp that went to an altar as a teenage girl and said, I ain't doing this. All the other girls in the youth group, they want to chase around, they want to do all this, but I ain't doing it. God, I just believe you love me more than that. I believe you've got something better. And here's this little baby that's born in a hospital in South Dakota, and this big, fat, 10 pounds, 10 ounces. Big, fat. Brother, I was born a man. Big, fat. <laughs> My dad didn't carry me out. He dribbled me out like that, you know. So. Big, fat baby boy in Greencastle. <laughs> I don't know what part she amen, so I'm not sure how to react. But. but God can just take their lives and just keep them underneath the umbrella of their parents and in the right kind of churches and going to the right kind of conferences and making the right kind of decisions. And all of a sudden, on a bus route in Howes Anderson College, I get on the afternoon bus to go pick up the night bus riders and I plop. We get the we get the hallmark romantic movie story here, right? And of course, all those kids sitting there can't. Oh, they want that so bad because well, they're teenagers. Okay, but all right. Down on the seat and turn around, and I look this girl in the eye and say, "Hello, what's your name?" And then I ask her out. And you know what? I don't know how to explain it. You asked her out. Didn't you have to call her dad? Didn't you have to call her pastor? 
I guess once you get to college, you know, you can forego all of that. But it's almost like you don't know them, but you've always known them. I'm going to say something really spooky. This is where I get in trouble sometimes. Did God take his rib and put it in her? I think there's a part, young men of you, inside the one that God's made for you. And I think if you'll be patient, trust God, listen to godly counsel. Did you hear what that man said? How many of you enjoy hearing Brother Joe Brown? How many of you glad Brother Joe Brown is pastor up there and doing God's use of him? You hear what his daddy said to him? I guarantee you, about two-thirds of the crowd when you said that bristled. And you even said it. That's in all of us, brother. I'm just going to, I'm putting you on the spot. Would you be sitting here? What do you want? You want to just cling on to your stubbornness? I'm going to have my way, and I'm going to prove it. I'll show everybody. Romeo and Juliet. Ah! Have you read the end of the story? (laughs) Stupid. And they lived happily ever after until they blew their brains out. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I literally don't know what to say about any of that. That's what's being preached to young people in 2022. And the modern church can't figure out what's happening. I don't even know if I could even articulate exactly how I'm supposed to avoid the counterfeit. I don't know if I can even articulate how I'm supposed to know I met the right one. I'm not even really sure I'm supposed to know all the rules I'm supposed to follow. I'm not sure I even understand Genesis 2 any better than I did when the message started. And he ultimately never really pointed them to Christ for anything. And that's what young people are getting at supposedly the most influential youth conference in America. I know this series is painful. I know it's no fun, but you need to know what's out there. Now, for those who are listening who have younger children, it will be something you will have to figure out what your strategy and how you're going to handle the teenage years and the interest in boys or interest in girls and dating and all of that, how you're going to maneuver and and, and fix all of that, or not really, I hate the word fix, how you're going to navigate all of that. But uh, a lot of times I would say, really don't listen to much of the advice given within Christianity. And I know that's probably not nice to say, but you just heard 43 minutes of it. All right. Stop there. You can let me know your thoughts about all of this. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I'll end with this statement. If this is what your young people are getting at your church, you're destroying them spiritually. All right. Thanks for listening. God bless.